<laughs> What's going on? Failure to stop. It's the Patreon special. I'm still at the Albemarle Police Department. It feels weird. I'm starting to feel like a company man uh, being at the department. But huge shout out to Albemarle Police Department for hosting these shenanigans. Uh, they get it. They understand it. They have a huge thing going on over here. There's way more than just a human trafficking uh, expert coming into town. There's a reason why he came to town. You saw the last Patreon episode, and we're going to get George to talk to us. Uh, but we also have Christy Wells here, which is also part of this huge this, – this is a really big story. Right. We'll get into it as much right. as we can. I don't know how much we can get into it. but uh, uh, So it's been a very magical like two days learning the stories, how all this stuff networks together. I probably will release this to the public, right? But for right now, this is for Patreon. So all you Patreon subscribers who pay to keep this content coming, this special kind of like bonus content, right? Uh, and we're releasing this to the public. This is why you join our Patreon, because you would have seen this a couple of days earlier. Uh, but seriously, the Patreon, all that money that we get from Patreon is used literally for live events. So when you caught us in Jacksonville, Florida with Ken Shamrock uh, last week, two weeks ago, whatever it was, that was all because of you guys. So thank you so much for all you Patreon members out there. We love you guys. And so uh, here you go. Here's some more bonus content. Uh, but Christy, yes. safe house. Yes. What is a safe house? Really quick. And then I got to get into the story. What is a safe yeah. house? So, um, we're a national organization, so we don't have any safe homes, but a safe home that we place people into okay. is um, a residential facility where survivors who have escaped their trafficking situation can actually get the services that they need. And that means when law enforcement pulls them out and they place them somewhere, they get what they need so that they can come back and be credible. How'd you get uh, wrapped up in this? I started it and I didn't want to. You started it? Yes. I'm the founder. Uh, no way. Co-founder of Safe House Project. I'm just kidding. I, knew I was in corporate America and I wasn't looking to do anything. Okay. Um, my co-founder and I had two husbands deployed and five children under the age of five. And it uh, wasn't really a convenient time, but right. we saw something we couldn't unsee and said, this is stupid. I'm yeah. in. And launched yeah. a national organization to combat trafficking. That's great. Where were you guys stationed at at that we time? Were, at that time, we were in Norfolk, Virginia. Norfolk. Okay, mm -hmm. great. Um, and so you start this organization and yep. it just like it takes off. What happens? Yeah, um, I think there's incredible things that can happen when you fill the gaps that are already there. You're not duplicating efforts and okay. the things that people are already doing well. And you come in and say, how can I help and how can I serve? And we figured out one of the most impactful conversations I had early on was um, a law enforcement guy. And he said, Christy, I can walk out the door and I can go get five girls right now. And I'm not going to um, because I have no place to put them. And mm. so we knew that without a safe place to go, 80% of victims ended up back in traffickers' hands, which yeah. we had a lot of law enforcement that was really irritated. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, as a former, you know, I was a former cop and, yeah. and, and I worked uh, the hotels in yeah, one of the yeah, worst yeah. beats in Raleigh. Uh, not a huge city, but big enough, right? And right. Uh, you know, it, was, it was aggravating because, you know, I, I was telling Yako on the yeah, last yeah. episode, I said, you could go to any street cop, even in Albemarle, you right. can go to a street cop and you, it, it, you could, if you could speak the street cop language, you could say, Who's being trafficked? Where they being trafficked from? And he could be like, right there. Right. That's where they're being trafficked from. And right. you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know that? And you're right. like, yeah, of course I know that. Right. Well, then how is it happening? Right. If you know that, how is it happening? Exactly. And it's because we're, it's because we get to a point. We've tried. No, I've been there, homie. Yeah. I've tried to write a search warrant. It gets denied. Right. Or I, I did. I've arrested that guy like four times. Uh -huh. And so they get infuriated. Yep. And they're like, fuck it. Done. I don't want to do this anymore. Exactly. Um, so now that you have a safe house, how many cops know about? I'm going to tell you right now, I've been in the industry for, for a hot minute. I've never even heard of this. <laughs> exactly. 
And so there, um, right now we've worked some with federal agencies where they're saying, okay, we're going in, we're going to go do a raid. We've got 25 girls that we're going to get out. Can you place? Oh, yes, absolutely. But when, but we want to make sure that every single law enforcement agency yeah. knows, because if they can pick up the phone and call us and say, Hey, look, we're getting a girl out tomorrow, or we just got a girl out. She's pissed. I don't know what to do with her. How and, old are these girls typically? Um, it ranges. We work with minors. We work with, I mean, my favorite is a 56 year old woman who has been trafficked what? by a truck driver. Um, he's a piece of work. She's a piece of work, but we've gotten her Wait, out. So you know times. the truck driver? Uh, well, enough. I don't know that one. There's another trafficker I pissed off a while back that he has my cell phone number and he likes to call me every now and then. What is he just like for a good time? What's he trying to do? What's um, he trying to elicit on a phone call? Gets mad is he mad? Because he keeps kidnapping the girl and then we keep getting her back. And Wait, so, so like, if you guys are talking to this dude, how is he not like in prison? Oh, I have had five federal law enforcement agencies. I mean, the guy kidnapped her and tried to extort me for $250,000. And I is thought- like a lean out on you or something? <laughs> he, he, the gal that was kidnapped. Okay. Okay. Let me back up. The gal that um, was the very first survivor we ever served was black, deaf, bald, obese, one-legged, and in a wheelchair. What? And I am not making Yo, this up. what? Yes. And I love her to pieces. Sure. But- there was a case that um, involved the loss of her leg in Florida, went all the way up to the Florida Supreme Court. Okay. Her family knew this. So her right. family was the one who basically gave her to the trafficker. Okay. If you're listening to this. Sure. Hi, Brandon Scott. Hope you're well. Oh, um, rest in pieces. So he, um, they kept her alive because they knew that there was going to be money coming from this court case. Yeah. About, a, so we'll call it 750000 So when the judge approved that money, right? they kidnapped her. Um, I had had her out for a while. They kidnapped her, found her, brought her to DC, um, because that's where our PO box is and picked up the phone and called me because picked up her phone and called right. me and said, we'll give her back to you for 250,000. And I thought I've tried so many times to get, um, law enforcement to help, but it's, it's, she's a complicated case. Well, I mean, Florida, now you're in right, DC, right, right. where's the jurisdiction exactly, start? Like is, chaos. I mean, constant. Um, and then is it floor? Is which it, is bullshit because a reasonable person, right? Like any reasonable American would be like, yo, drop everything right. and figure it out. But we don't do that as law enforcement. What we say is, well, unfortunately, now oh, if yeah. you talk to a street cop though, if you can find the right street cop mm -hmm. and you can speak that dude's language, right. they will go way further right. than the, the person that's been dealing with the red tape. The, you know, I'm right, talking about right. bigger cities. I'm sure. not talking about like smaller cities where they have a little bit more patience right. with this kind of shit. But you go to like DC Metro, there's no fucking way that detective's going to give two shits about some girl that's one-legged and deaf. Right. And not, not saying that, right. I mean, like basically no. she's like one quarter of a human at this point. Um, that's terrible, but that's how he's going to think, right? right? And he's not going to do anything. Right. But if you find the right street cop, he's like, yeah, we'll figure this out right. somehow. I don't know what we can do. Right. And I mean, so I've worked with her for, Five years. She's been kidnapped. Mm, we're gonna call it nine times yeah. by her trafficker. This is insane. Uh, it's insane. Um, so what happens? You give them the two hundred fifty? No, we um, actually that one was interesting. So I thought, well, maybe if law enforcement, if federal law enforcement won't go after her, maybe they'll be pissed enough that they're trying to extort me. So let's try this as an extortion okay. case. So because my husband was Navy at the time, we right. had again five agencies involved, including two different um, offices for FBI. Long story short. Um, we found her okay. and figured out where the traffickers had her, got a, find a way to communicate with her, knew that we were going to have her out. So she was going across the street to the Walmart. We said, hey, look, law enforcement, if you guys can cover us, we're going to get her out of there. They peaced out on us in the parking lot and said, we're not going to do this because we don't want to work with an NGO. And so we mm. got her out and it's fine. Right. They've kidnapped her again. And, you know, it's 
it's like those old Mickey Mouse movies where they're playing football and yeah. like somebody's running one way with yeah. the football and they don't realize that somebody's come in the other direction right. and stolen the football's going the other way. That's a little bit of what it feels like with her. But um every now and then because except she's she, not running. Except she's not running. She's she's wheeling. Sure. Um but every now and then because she bounces all over the country, I get a call from a beat cop. And yeah. and who's like I look, I just stopped and this woman told me to call you. Call you. What am I dealing with? And no I'm like, way. how long do you have? <laughs> because I can, I, we can make this a long version or a short version. Right. And I tell them and they're like, you can't make this shut up. I'm like, no, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you really can't. But, um, but I've seen some incredible law enforcement. And we have not figured out how to, the, the trafficker, we haven't figured out how to like, in that dude? Nope. Nope. He's been here. He runs the ring from Jacksonville, Florida up to Maryland. Who is this guy? You know my name? Oh yeah. What's Brandon his Scott. fucking name? Brandon name Scott? A second ago. Uh-huh. How old is Brandon Scott? Oh, he's probably 40. White or black? Or black. Hispanic? Black? Yep. Mm-hmm. This mother, who does he truck for? Um, well, he's fucking not the trucker. Up. Oh, he's not the trucker. That's a different one. That's a different one. Um, Brandon Scott, huh? Brandon Scott. He's it's actually fun. been arrested in North Carolina um, for trafficking. They found him with two minors at a hotel. Um Dude, this is bizarro land. How is this dude? Like, if he's this well known, mm-hmm. and 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 people are calling across the country, right? How is this guy not fucking running away deep in a cell somewhere? That's a really good question. Doing your husband like a Navy SEAL or something? I mean, if you're in Norfolk, like he's got to be somewhere connected. Yep. Nope. I mean, we've had. I can't even tell you how many times I've tried to go after this guy. I've handed entire packets to people, and I'm like, here's every bit of details about the family, about because her aunt. So poor girl, she was. Sold for sex for the very first time by her mom to pay a gambling debt. Right. She got pregnant from that. They stuck Ugh. her in. Um, at, her mom kept the kid, stuck her in foster care. The aunt took her out in order to take the per diem from the state and um, basically handed her to the trafficker. Right. And so we've mapped out the whole family. So if anybody would like to pick up this case, I will give you my personal. Please do. Like, listen, I'm not calling for vigilantism <laughs> here, but I'm what I'm saying is, is like, there's got to be a cop somewhere that has some kind there's of network. Listening to this, who's like, dude? I know, I know Brandon Scott. Is. Where is he in? He's in Florida. You said? Um, he moves right now. I think he's in Baltimore. Oh, Baltimore heads up to Brandon hey. Scott. I could probably what give you trash. An yeah, listen, listen. If you're a Baltimore <laughs> cop, I know there's a few of you out there. Um, give Christy a call. We'll give you uh-huh. their information. Uh, hit us up in the DMs on, on the Failure Stop Instagram or uh, Facebooks <laughs> or whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll respectfully uh, get you in contact with Christy some way, somehow. But uh, uh, so you're really passionate about this. Huh? So obviously there was a case that you were maybe a part of and right. you were like, yo, was that on base? No. Um, no. So at that point, I was living in California, I think, the first time she reached out. Um, but I've been, I've lived in California, Maryland, North right. Carolina, South Carolina ever since. Sure. And um, because our, our whole organization is without walls. So, okay. Um, and you have safe, you have these safe homes or you get people in touch with safe homes that are, that are pretty much anywhere in the United States. Yeah. So we, now, let, let, here, if I'm, I'm a B cop, yeah. like a dumb, stupid B cop. And I'm like, yo, uh, this chick's being trafficked. She doesn't want to be trafficked anymore. I've got somewhat of a case here. Yep. Am I am I a B cop that can like reach out to this Absolutely. organization and say like, yo, I got this chick. She doesn't want to be in this anymore. Yep. Absolutely. You can do that. Yeah. Yep. What so, questions do you ask the street cop? Um. Well, we want to talk to the girl. 
Um, that's it. Yeah. You just I mean, we want to talk to them to make sure like, Hey, you're not really wasting your time. Life. Like right. here's what we can offer you. We can transport you. We can get you into a safe home. It's not just going to be a roof and a bed. Um, right. you know, we're not talking about a DV shelter. We're talking about, these are all of the things that we have the ability to provide. Right. Um, and then do they want it? And if so, then, I mean, law enforcement, law enforcement can drop them off at the bus station. We will buy the bus <laughs> ticket and we will get them the heck out of Dodge. So there are plenty of times where we'll work with survivors who are looking to escape and we'll go, okay, you've got to have 10 seconds of insane courage. Get ready. Cause the Uber's pulling up. Wow. And we'll get them out and we'll get them to safety and we'll get them to. And you're saying home. that the traffickers, they fucking know you <laughs> and they reach out to you. Not all of, I had to change my cell phone number, obviously. Um, do you have officerprivacy.com, by the I way? Do. You do have officerprivacy.com. Yeah. No, Dude, actually, shout out. Yeah, they actually. Um, See, this is why I push officerprivacy.com. Yeah. Listen, if you want to use the promo code Wolfpack, that's officerprivacy.com, promo code uh, Wolfpack. A uh, huge shout out to our sponsors for for allowing us to do this, ghostbed.com forward slash Wolfpack. We also got Manscaped. It's the holidays, so shave your jingle jangles. Go to manscaped.com. But I'm so excited to hear because we've been pushing officer, officer privacy. privacy. Um, we've, we've had them on board for about three months now. Yeah. As a, as a sponsor? So they're incredible. So they, wow. when, during this whole case, and when Yo. the first time these guys were coming after me trying to exploit me, they stepped in. Okay. They, I was on another podcast, figured out who, like, right. made the connection, and the um, founder has stepped in personally and helped and just He's been so great. So great and been so great to help us. So um, definitely work to keep um, myself and my co-founder off the map. And so... If now, if the traffickers call, they're calling an old Google Voice number that's not even listed on our website, but it still <laughs> comes to Yeah, we, we, we tease about officerprivacy.com because, and not to make this a huge ad, but there's so many cops that are like, yeah. I don't fucking want to pay to get officerprivacy.com. But, but then when the critical incident happens, right. they want it, but it's too late. Yeah. Because once the critical incident happens, everybody's got your address, right. and right. now you're going to have to move and all right. these other things. So I've been trying to get I've been trying to get Officer Privacy to do an influencer privacy because I work with so many influencers now. Yeah. And I and when you know they come on my show, and they're like, what's Officer Privacy? I'm like, well, they, they get your address. Right. And they're like, yo, I got people, you right. know, I, I, I have a podcast with a conservative aunt uh -huh. who is an openly homosexual conservative, mm -hmm. uh, a, a really great guy. And, um, you know, he has a million, 1.4 million uh, followers. Wow. And dude, like people love him or hate him. Right. But either the ones that love him want to find him. And then people who hate him want to find them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. And so he, uh, we got him hooked up with officerprivacy.com. That, that, that's crazy yeah. that you had that. So these, these traffickers, man, they're, um, you know, I mean, do you ever feel, well, I guess, you know, your, your husband probably does a lot to, you know, watch your six and all those things. It just ever like, do you ever feel like unnerved? Are you, are you ever checking the doors once. twice? Only, only once. once I feel like I would feel like on edge all the time. No, only once. I mean, we, I mean, the traffickers are kind of cowards. Off a, yeah. It, because they also, By unfortunately, nature. they know that if they come after me, that they're going to have a national news story on their hands and they don't okay. want that. Um, right. And so there's a little bit of that as a covering. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. I mean, there's, you know, there's this last one. They were um, sending me the names of my kids. Okay. That gets a little close oh, to home. in bloodlines. Right. Where you're like. I all just the Scots. Everybody with the last name Scott. <laughs> Dunskies. You ruined it for all of them. So there's, I mean, there's definitely times. But. um I've got enough people that have my back um, yeah. and enough former agency guys. My mom's former agency, my mom's former LA. Like there's, okay. I've got enough people that yeah, I'm yeah, like, you're like no, I promise you. Yeah. At this point I you're like, I wish I'm other You know what I mean? Like <laughs> so, my husband kind of wants this. Is he still in the game or is he out? He's out. Oh, so he wants it. Oh yeah. He's like, yo, come on. Like right. there's doors um, unlocked. Right. <laughs> like, there's, yeah, there's definitely a couple of them that I'm like, 
just he on. just try just, it. Like just, we've just got a tree that we could blood eagle you right. on and do will, all the things. Like I yeah. will post my address. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they um, incredible. Yeah, at the end of the day, they're cowards. Yeah, yeah. I mean, by nature, right? You don't get into right. trafficking because you're you're a hot shot. Right. Uh, you know, but what I, I being a street cop, being a B cop, uh, what we run into a lot is is girls that don't really really be in traffic because it's gang related. Right. They think that you know because if women can't. Oh, hey, by the way, hey, listen, a quick shout out to all you you, you fucking gang supporters out there. They love watching the the Tupacs and the uh, the Snoop Dogs repping their gang colors all the time. Listen, there's no more crime being committed. I love it. I always say like people wear those like anti. Right. Nazi right, 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 right. things like when's the last time you met a Nazi right never right. but like you wouldn't wear an anti-blood gang member shirt would you right. and a, blood gang members don't allow women or white people into the gang so right. pretty racist and pretty sexist just saying you like their music you listen to their shit that's on you but the they traffic women right because they think that the, these girls think that they're in the gang they're blood ads right. Right? right and they're not right you're just getting tossed around right by a bunch of dudes. Well, 85% of the trafficking in San Diego County is all familial gang related. So it's girls that are growing up in these Hispanic cultures that they, yeah. this is just what they're told. This is what you do. This is part of the family. This is part of the process. And they right. don't realize they don't have a name to put to it because it's so normalized that they don't even know to ask for help. It's and insane. so when law enforcement comes and pulls them out and they're like, screw you, I've got a quota to hit. And I've got to, you know, get 800 bucks in by the end of the night. So all you're doing is messing with me because if I don't get that back to him, he's going to kick my ass. Like, yeah. And so there's so many law enforcement that's like, I, I, I pulled her out. And well, you know, I mean, they, they, they're also the not only ride. doing that, but they're also committing crimes. Right. You know what I mean? I, totally. That's just, that's it. Yeah. So they don't want to get in with law enforcement because they are still running other criminal organizations on top of being exactly. trafficked. Right. And that sucks. Right. And that sucks. But like, you know, and I'm, I'm more scared of a female gang member. I swear <laughs> to God, because they have something to prove. Right. They will kill you. Mm -hmm. A female gang member will kill a cop because they are, they want to be accepted mm. so bad. You will know they're either going to be, I, I don't know. Listen, a teenage gang member, that's a boy. Like a male, you can mm -hmm. sit him on the curb. He'll have a little bit of attitude with you. You make one bad joke, he melts. Right. Like he's like, "Can I move because of the ants?" I'm like, "Dude, aren't you a blood gang member? Right. Aren't you fucking tough? Like you, you couldn't cry about ants. Now you've won because right. he's melted. He's a pussy at that point. He's like, oh, man, you know, a girl. When they're they're not coming off <laughs> no. of it, they'll be like, "How about you move me out these ants? Uh -huh. while I fucking run." And you're like. Oh, she's serious. <laughs> you know what I mean? That you got to move her. You know, so it's the, the girls in these gangs. How do you guys, how do you guys get them out of that? Like, that's got to be extremely difficult. It, almost impossible, I feel like. Right. I mean, at some point they have to one out. Like, I mean, because yeah. we can pull them out all day long. They're going to run. Right. If so you're looking for the one that really wants. Right. Out. Because, what drives them to be want to be out? Um, what makes it too of far? being treated like a commodity. They, yeah. um, there's somebody in their life that maybe has given them the glimmer of hope that they're actually worth more than the price that somebody's paid for them. And they finally go, I, I, I can't do this. Or yeah. if I stay in, they will kill me. Right. Um, and so that's, um, they've got to have a little bit of the audacity of hope. And when they reach out to us, because we don't publicize our number. I mean, if by the time somebody gets to us, right. we are their end of the line going, I don't know who else to call. Right. And so, when we talk to him, it's a, uh, look, I, I have to get out. I can't live this life or I'm pregnant and I don't want to bring a baby into this mm. or I have a baby and if I don't get out, she's next. Mm. And so there are other things that will cause somebody to move 
outside of just them getting the crap beat out of them and being sold for sex. So there's um there's got to be a change point for them. I guess it's probably uh, nice to have a George around oh, yeah. because it, without cops like George, we wouldn't even be sitting here. Totally. Phenomenal job, by the way. We're going to have George on a little bit later, but I, I said it in, in Yako's podcast. Yeah. It's incredible that one guy, a detective with a street cop sense, with, with the heart of a street, have a real street cop. This guy has organized more things, badges and boxes, yeah. which is gnarly. I said it in the last show. Incredible. Just in, like, have you been to the warehouse? Yes. To what? I know. It's incredible. I don't. Where I, one, I said I, that couldn't happen in a city like Raleigh. No. The bureaucrats would not allow that to happen. No, like it, unless it was their idea, right. and then there would be so much red tape, it would never right. come to fruition. Right. Um. Well, they would be paying three hundred thousand dollars a month right. for, the, for the warehouse. But one, but I mean, two, there would be no chief that backs them up. So Albemarle, North Carolina, Little got gym. it going on. Yeah, they've got some incredible. I was scared. Like, I was like, well, I don't want to really want to do my podcast at a, at a police department because I don't want to be told what to do. Right. I don't want to be told what to say, how to say it. Right. I talk to street cops, and I'm not going to bow and like I'm not going. I'm not a company yeah, man. Yeah. I'll never be that. Um, but then when I got here, I was like, Yo, these guys are real. These guys aren't doing it for clout either. No. They need the clout. They like do. for the first time, I'm like, yo, finally a police department's <laughs> doing the right thing and they're doing it for the right reasons. Right. You mean, know, they're not doing the gay bride car right. uh, and to make some, because so, like, honestly, it doesn't matter if you agree or disagree with it, but what does a gay pride car do for the community at all? Right. Like nothing. that does nothing for anybody. Uh, it's a huge waste of money, time, because somebody had to draw that out. Somebody had to approve the drawing. Somebody had to go uh, price it out. I mean, do, the resources that goes into that car are astronomical. It's a Lamborghini at that point. But then you have cops like George or, or, or departments like Abermarl who are out doing, listen, come on, name it's another department that's done this. Right. It's insanity. It's insane to me. And nobody knows about it. Right. What? Well, and I think what's interesting, I mean, we all sat there last night when Yako's like, hey, we can we can tell the story. And and you can tell they're even hesitant because they um they, they didn't want they the notoriety. They don't right. even want it. Like I'm like, dude, this is this is ridiculous. Right. I, I, I when I got invited to the lunch, that was almost my breaking point. I was like, no, I'm already driving <laughs> two and a half hours to do a podcast I probably don't want to do. You know what I mean? Right. Listen, when a department reaches out to me and they say, I want to come on your podcast, like it's a sheriff, right. I say no. Because it's always like, it's going to be me, 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 right, me, right. me. And they're going to bore the shit out of my listeners and nobody cares. And everybody knows their company, man. You know what I'm saying? So like on this one, though, George was different. He's got like a comedy show going on. He's hooked me up with a couple of people. I felt like kind of obligated. Now I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll drive out to this dinner. I'm probably going to hate it. I really don't get along with chiefs and sheriffs right, right. all that much. Uh, you know, but they their chief opinion, didn't, didn't say they? a word last night, did he? No. Nope. He didn't say, you know, a lot of times these dinners, the chief, it's all about me. Right. Look at me. Right. I got all the badges. And if he did speak, he, all he was doing was elevating George. All he was doing, it was nuts. I was right. like, what world are we? This is the bizarro land. Uh -huh. Listen, Albemarle, if, if, if you're a law enforcement, if you're a chief, instead of going out to Seattle and right. doing a conference out there to learn how to do it, which they all did. They all did two years ago. Right. All the chiefs had a convention in Seattle as if Seattle's doing anything, right? You know what I'm saying? Like every cop in the country, uh, the Raleigh chief went. Right. She went out there. You know, uh, come to a town like Abermarle, who's one making major cases. Right. Which brought you right. to this little town of Abermarle. Mm -hmm. We got Yaku coming in. All of these people yesterday. I was, I, listen, I was blown away. That's why I wanted to do right. more, more than just one podcast because I was like, this is something special that you guys got going on. Uh, human trafficking is a big deal. 
it's weird. It's crazy. The times that we live in, you can't post this on social media. Nope. I can't do hashtag protect the kids. Nope. I have five children of my own. Uh, there was a, uh, they, they very, very big into skateboarding, very into the skate culture. Uh, there was a, a new skate park built in the city of Raleigh, the Raleigh skate park. And they had one of their first major events after the park was done was sponsored by, by the way, this event took place at 2 PM, okay. 2 to 4 PM. So a skateboarding event, Posted right. on a skateboarding Instagram, right? We can say it's safe to assume it's for children. Yeah. Oh no. Right? Oh no. Who was there? The sponsor across uh -huh. the poster, queerrally.com. What? So let's just take a look at queerrally. I don't want to listen. I don't want to be a homophobe. I don't want to be like a, a judgmental a right. bigot, right? Well, let me just look really quick to see what this is. First thing I see are nipple tassels. Next Ooh. thing I say is, what's your fetish? Now, my kids, whenever there's an event and it's sponsored by somebody, they want to know what the sponsor is. Right. They wouldn't sponsor surfing and skateboarding events if the kids didn't give a shit about it. Right. They started, skateboarding culture started all of that spot. You know, the right. runners with the yeah, t-shirts, yeah, yeah. that all started from surfing and skating culture. Right. Team Zephyr, all that stuff. Right, right, right. People were into that. Yeah. So these kids, of course, are going to go to QueerRally.com. And they're going to see nipple tests. What does QueerRally.com have to do with skateboarding? Yeah. And children, two to four. So I made a video asking, what makes you think that that's appropriate? And I thought people were going to be like, wow, shut that down. Mm. And what I got was, wow, so disappointing that you're a homophobe. Wow. We thought you were the coolest skate dad ever. You know, I had a skate shop reach out wow. to me and said, hey, man, one, I don't know how they got my phone number. They reached out and they said, hey, dude, there's a lot of people that respect you in this community. You should take that post down. I said, dude, what did I say? What did I say? He's like, dude, it's it's, re it's got real homophobe vibes. I said, what was homophobic? Oh. I said, if you want to go to QueerRally.com on your own time, do you boo? Said it. Right. Exact words. Do you boo? Right. But don't don't send it out to the children. No. This is insanity. It's real deal stuff. Right. It absolutely is. And that's the, I mean, the grooming of kids and the way that media and different groups are trying to reach out to them earlier and earlier is terrifying and it's just there's predatory behaviors there's predatory individuals that that whole group might be great but i guarantee you there are predatory people that are trying to groom children to expose them to things early and, they would, and normalize they have to, a certain, right? that's um, that's what you wouldn't fish in a pond with no fish right you're gonna go where the kids are and you're like oh there's kids right. at a skate park i want to sponsor that because i'm into kids mm -hmm. you know and that's what we need to be looking out for right. it's like somebody should have questioned okay whose idea was this right queerrally.com because that dude's a deviant like you didn't think this through homeboy let's look into what you're about right because obviously right 95 percent chance right you're part of the, the you know the major problem oh absolutely and i mean when you talk about anything coming at kids through internet it gets shut down well grooming came to um increased online 97% during COVID because kids went well, online sure. and so did the traffickers. Right. Where they're well, like, well, it, we're just, this is. It's almost like we're being set up for it because Snapchat, mm -hmm. a video, a, 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 a social media platform where a child can make a video, any video that they want, and it disappears it in 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. Could you imagine 13 year old me? Listen, I'm, I'm 40 now, thank God. Right? But 13 year old me with that technology? Right. Mm -hmm. Oh my. There would be right. nudies all over the place. Like right. every every girl at the high school would have right. seen glorious Eric Tanzi at 13 because it didn't, those, those kinds, of, you don't think, you know, your right. brain is like, who's oh, this is going to be really funny or, yeah. hey, I bet she wants to see, you know what I mean? Right. It, 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 it's so far beyond the comprehension of a 13 year old. Right. So the fact that they would make a social media platform and then market that 
to 13 year olds. Obviously, whoever came up with that is a deviant. Right. Well, and then it opens the door for because you don't have to friend somebody in order for somebody to send you an image. And so all of a sudden, the number of pics coming across that these kids are not asking for is horrific. Yeah. And so people ask me all the time, you know, when I lived in San Diego, they said, aren't you afraid of, you know, somebody coming across and grabbing your kid and going across the border? I said, no, (laughs) I'm not. I am more concerned about the predators that come into our home without ever walking through our front door because they're coming in through technology. And so if we want to talk about protecting kids, the real way that we've got to do it is lock down on so many of the technology pieces. Oh, the social media has got to stop. The social media. And I mean, with these kids, kids, I mean, it's poisonous. I'm like, you absolutely can have zero chat features on there because I know the tactics of traffickers. As a father of five, I I don't like to give parenting advice, you know, because every parent, every child is different. I just don't do it. But I will tell you right now that I'm very adamant. I've been adamant on the show a lot. You have to limit your kids to social media. You have to, you have to limit the time you listen until they're, they're 18. In my opinion. And I I don't care. There's a reason why we move the uh, drinking age to 21 It's because 18 year olds in America don't know how to handle alcohol when they have free reign at it. There was a reason why they were like, yo, this is a problem. Let's move it to 21. I'm telling you right now, a 15 year old, a 14 year old, a six year old, definitely a 13 year old cannot manage social media with free reign. Nope. I'll pro- I don't care how cool your kids are, how smart your kids are, if they're homeschooled, private school, whatever school, they cannot handle the freedom of social media safely. It has to stop. It blows my mind how many kids have free reign. Oh, yeah. We have kids over for sleepovers. We allow our kids to go to sleepovers. I do I do a lot of research before we just allow our kids to go sleepover. I don't think parents do that enough. Nope. We've had kids sleep over at our house and the kid the parents are like, "Oh, um you know, they don't even know my name when they pick right. the kid up. And I'm like, you don't think that's weird at all? Like, yeah. what if I was creepy right. Joe, <laughs> for lack of a better name? Right. I just, when I hear the name Joe, I think creep. But uh, I'm kidding. It wasn't a political <laughs> stab there at all. Uh, you know, you know it, it's crazy. But, you know, these kids, they'll come over, you know, uh, and they'll come and we'll, they'll, they'll, they'll uh, get Airbnbs because we right. do the skate competitions. We travel mm-hmm. a lot. And they'll just be on their phones with their social medias. And I'll be like, hey, one. We're all watching right. a movie here. Let's put the phone away. But too, like, your parents good with that? Right. Like, right. you're 11. Well, people don't have any idea of what their what their kids do. And somehow this narrative of, oh, it's fine. Like, I, I respect my kids' privacy. I'm sorry. What? I, no, nope. Nope. I'm sorry. My children Do you know what? My parents would have trusted my privacy. <laughs> like, how fucking ridiculous, like, messed up I would be. Right. Like, I'm telling you right now, I will self-admit that if right. my parents weren't as straight. Look, did I try to sneak the dirty magazines in when I was a kid? Yeah, but you know why I didn't have boxes of dirty magazines right. because if my dad found one of them he'd beat me into right. oblivion right. you know and eventually you you get tired of the one and you get rid of it and you never go back to it right but if i was allowed to just go oh i can get another one i can get another one right. i can get another one another one another one another one that's what these kids are doing whether it be right. pornography or or any type of social media right. uh thing it just it all builds and it pollutes their mind and their brains it's got to stop right well i mean you think about how all of us were raised right Watch out for the creepy dude in the white van down the street. Like stranger, you knew stranger, too, right? Stranger, like, like we still, totally. I bet you, you still oh, see that the, the ice cream truck, and you're like, uh, nope, not today. Exactly. And so we all grew up with that idea. And so you talk to parents, and they're like, oh no, my kids like they have to stay inside. I want to keep them safe. They can't do that, but they can like have free reign on the internet. I'm like, yeah. Where do you think the predators went when all the kids went inside? Yeah. They all went online yeah. because they said, well, hell, nobody's around this neighborhood. I guess yeah. I'm going to have to go where they are. So all they are, and guess what? Now 
they're disguised as a 14-year-old little boy in a group chat that somebody thinks <laughs> is their buddy's cousin. Right. And nobody realizes that all he's doing is sitting there waiting. He's waiting for the kid that's being bullied. Right. He's waiting for the kid that's showing that there's a food insecurity at home or that mom and dad are beating him or whatever it may be. Just waiting for that moment to step in and say, I got you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to do these things. And so most of our human trafficking cases right now that we're seeing come out of system kids or not even just system kids. They think they're runaways. Oh, you know, this kid, this 14 year old ran away. We just, we don't know. I'm like, I guarantee you there's a predator on the internet behind that. 100%. Convince them to get in the car, to run away. They right. sent an Uber. Come him. live with my, come live yeah, with me. You I know? got you. I'll take care of you. I was still in a Dylan Rounds disappearance case. Totally. And um, uh, I mean, they still haven't found Dylan Rounds or anything like that. But, you know, there was a lot of the PI. He's, he's pretty famous mm -hmm. at this point. He's kind of a piece of shit, in my opinion. Um, I, you know, but he's, listen, it, the guy's a piece of shit. But I, it's not to say <laughs> that he, I, you know, he is. He is. But the things that he's saying weren't entirely false, mm -hmm. but it's how he says them mm -hmm. makes him an asshole. And it makes him not incredible. You know what I mean? It's yep. like the conspiracy theories. Mm -hmm. It's like Alex Jones is right a lot. Right. But he says some stuff and he articulates things in a way where you have to hate him, where you're like, dude, come on. Right. Don't say that. Right. Like, I get it. But yeah, don't yeah, say yeah. that the PI was the same way. But what astounded me by his investigation, I had him on my show and it was it was a, it was a great show, but it was everybody hated him. Um, oh, God, <laughs> it's it, pure entertainment. Jerry Springer level <laughs> entertainment and it's sad because this kid's still missing to this day but i thought the blowback on his pedophile theory mm -hmm. his trafficking theory the blowback again it's the way he said it too mm -hmm. doesn't help when you start using you know when you call him an f-a-g-g-o-t or something like that you can't do it right, right? um <laughs> but I, it sucks because could he have been trafficked could he have been i think there's a huge possibility right. i'm not saying 100 percent, right but now it's not even being looked into, but I thought the blowback on how everybody was like, oh no, of course he wasn't trafficked and how people were upset. And you're like, wait, wait, wait. Right. you're not even going to like entertain the theory that he could have been trafficked. Right. You know what I mean? There is some evidence, right? right? This is, it was a, a very strange case. And, 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 you know, I was talking to Yako on the, this, this last episode, those are the people you could, maybe should go after. Right. Anybody that pushes back mm -hmm. on this kind of stuff, like, isn't that a red flag? Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, he wasn't. Hey, how dare you? How dare you say he was trafficked? Oh, whoa. Right. hold on. Why are you so adamant? Like, why Why yeah. is that such a big deal? Like, right. you're willing to entertain that he's murdered in a pond somewhere. Right. But you don't want to entertain that he's been sex trafficked? Right. Well, and I think there's so many people that assign the wrong um, beliefs to trafficking. I mean, I during COVID. The whole reason we did develop a training for healthcare workers was because I got really tired of it during COVID. A shelter shut down. Survivors were going, were escaping their trafficker. They were going into the healthcare networks. I got two calls. One was a healthcare worker going, listen, I got this lady here and she says she's been trafficked. But listen, she doesn't look like she's been shackled in a basement. I was like, what, what, what? Okay. So you're going to take your cues off of movies. <laughs> Fantastic. Another one called me. <laughs> To tell me she couldn't be a trafficking victim because she weighed too much. And so when people have... Yo, I get my wife pregnant. My wife, I've been married for 13 years. She's been pregnant for 10 of those years because I like big girls. And she's super skinny. I'm like, I got to fatten you up a little bit. Every time, I, you know, everybody's like, why do you keep knocking her up? I'm like, I like big girls. And she's so skinny that, you know... No, I'm just kidding. But, you know, like, what, you can't, you, you can't traffic right. a big girl? Right. 
come on, there are plenty of dudes out there that love that. Right. And so, but they're limiting their idea of what's even possible in trafficking. And so they're cutting. Yo, how callous was of, this woman? That's oh, a care. Oh, no. Yo, what kind of haircut this, does she have? I, I have no idea, but I can. Yo, that's got to be the most shallow thing I've ever heard. Right. She's too big to be trafficked. Yeah. Yep. But I mean, that's, but yeah. that's where I'm like, okay, on victim identification and on cases like this where you go, Okay, what narrative are you going off of that makes you think that that couldn't have been trafficking or, or because you don't think he was run across the border because you still think trafficking means moving people? Right. And so it's amazing to see how many times I, I had a gal that um, was being trafficked in Utah. She called. She called for help. I said, listen, I'm going to send in law enforcement. And she said, don't send them. Well, before I got that note, actually, no, I called law enforcement. I said, don't go. Don't go to the apartment. So new guy comes on. Um, on shift and he looks at the case notes and he's like, I'm going to go. So he goes to the apartment, knocks on the door. The trafficker answers. They've lived there for a year. He's been selling this girl since she was 14. And he says, is somebody here being sex trafficked? The nice gentleman who answered the door said, absolutely no officer. Nobody who's being trafficked. He called me and told me there was no sex trafficking happening there because the nice gentleman who answered the door said it didn't happen. And there was nobody, nobody who was there illegally. I said, that's fine. I'll get her out myself. But, <sighs> but, and that's, I mean, small, little bitty town in Utah, not their fault. Well, they weren't given the truth. But I've learned from, I, I've done extensive research on Utah. Not a Utah expert. Never even been there. Mm-hmm. Totally open. But I did a lot of, of research on the Dylan Rounds case. Okay. I was I was fascinated with that case for a while. I had the PI on. I had the aunt on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I researched the case. I really thought that, I thought it was a solvable case. And, and I think for the most part, it has been solved. I don't know that we'll ever find the body of Dylan Rounds. I'm 90, I'm 100% sure he's murdered. And I, I think I think we know who did it. I mean, I, th- I think they have the right guy in prison, um, whether the guy comes off of it or not. Um, but in, in any, any, the Mormon community in Utah is not the easiest to work with. Nope. They're very protective of their own. They're and they're protective. also really into deviancies. Yeah. They really are. Yeah. You know, you, you, they'll say the, the multiple wife thing isn't a deviancy, but it's not. It goes beyond the multiple wives because you're not getting into that program. Right. Because you love God. You're getting a lot of those guys are getting in that program because they're like, wait a minute, I could bang like six girls, like right. scot free. Yeah. And you know I what know, I'm saying? Like, we've done a number, we've gotten a number of women out of the. Uh, listen, I know a lot of Mormons out there. I'm not, I'm not, this isn't. All Mormons, okay? Right. Like, please, but like, let's not blow me up. But right. is what yes. it is. And yeah. so we've, yeah. we've gotten, um, I don't even know how many women out of the FLDS communities because we started building relationships there. And it was them and they were taking their six, seven children with them. And we had to find safe homes for them because if they didn't get them out, those kiddos were next. And there yeah. was just, it becomes generational. And mm-hmm. so it. And they think it's normal. Like it's you a, said before, right. it's a generational norm because they don't know any better. It's a very closed community. Anywhere you've got a closed community. And they're separated from civilization. Right. These places in Utah, you know, it's not like Albemarle, North Carolina, where you've got a Charlotte right. or a Greensboro right. and a Southern Pines. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're talking Some of 20 are- miles to a gas, like a general store. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. Absolutely. And so them being able to escape is really challenging. I mean, yeah. I, sometimes I don't even know. I still couldn't tell you how they find our phone number. But it's, you know, the things that they've been born into, that they've been born sure. for. That has been normalized. And again, you see that in so many different cultures. I mean, Indian reservations have a massive trafficking problem. And, oh, yeah. and they don't even have a word for trafficking. Right. Because applying that word would be right. an imperial well, colonization mindset. Yeah. And they reject it. And that's fine. But they still have trafficking problems. Right. Um, 
So it's, you definitely run into it more and more on closed, on the closed communities and just figuring out how to denormalize it for them. Well, you know, the Hispanic culture, um, I I didn't work a lot with Hispanics. Uh, The the area side of town I worked in was probably 98% uh, African-American, a black, Um, but we did have a trailer park that was 100% Hispanic. And the only calls we got there were statutory rape. Um, underage and it's more seen. I don't know what the law is in Mexico, but it would appear to me that these guys were not like, I mean, they're, they're very honest. They were like, I ain't dating her. How long you been dating her? Two years. Um, she's 15 motherfucker. Like that means she right. was 14. We said, Jeez. How old are you? 36. <laughs> Yo, like what? You know what I mean? So right. it, it's like culturally it's right. accepted right. until the school finds out and things like that. So I, I mean, with, with all these people coming across the border, you know, um, you know, we're, we're getting, they're not going to adopt our laws. They're not going to see that it, they, they don't want to take the time to understand that that's inappropriate. We don't do that here. Right. That's all going to just add to this mass confusion of, again, sexualizing our children right. and normalizing this very deviant nature that we've got going on in this country. Yeah. Let me very ask you scary. a question. Go on. I saw, I'm like, not very smart though. I'm a C minus, I'm a C minus student at best. So C just be careful. Student. Yeah. Okay. Just like well, get, put a C minus question. Okay. So have you seen the um, head of CNN and Fox today? The head? The headlines. No, I know today. Yes. Well, I know it's about, about the abortion the, and, no, 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 and the no, marijuana the in Ohio. The, the headline on both CNN and okay. Fox is about a, prostitution ring that's okay. been busted okay. in Boston that was oh. apparently frequented by high up individuals. Oh, shocker. Well, that's a conspiracy theory. Take your tinfoil right. hat off. No way. They don't do that. <laughs> but what's so interesting Tell me was that a me- pizza place? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me pizza was involved. No, no pizza was involved. <laughs> or mattresses or something. But what's so interesting to me is that they are only running it as a, pro- like, as a prostitution headline. When I'm like, does anybody, did anybody have a moment to stop and ask the women who were in there because how they, they even, got there? Well, they were even doing the screenshots where they intentionally say, if you are caught trying to barter a deal with the girl individually, you will not be able to come back. Basically, we control the money. And so we are the ones you, you only work through us. Those girls are being trafficked. They 100%. don't, it's worse fraud and coercion. They don't have control over their finances. They don't. So they're being you know, forced to right. do all the things and they still put the penalty and the headline on the girl, not on the buyer. Right. Which is going to be like a politician. Right. Or, you remember what was it? The, because uh, the, uh, the craft member, member, uh, craft, yeah, Robert, Robert craft, uh-huh. you know, with all the pride, the massages and all the things right. like this deviant can't go to a Super Bowl party without getting, right. he can't. So what is he doing at home? Right. Like if, if he's going to a, a peasant massage parlor right. in Orlando or wherever, right. wherever Miami, what do you think he's got going on at his home right. where he's comfortable? He's right. probably got some real deviant shit going on. Right. Uh, I actually was just talking to, uh, I, I don't want to call him a whistleblower, but I, 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 this guy, we got a lot, I got a little informant type thing with my podcast because they, they understand I'm not a journalist and right. I'm not going to publish. Right. I don't need the, my credibility comes with, Street cops loving me, and that's it. I'm not. If I burn one, I burn them all. So, but this this guy called me, and it sucks because he can't give me his name, he can't give me the politician's mm-hmm. name, so I can't really even run the story, right? Because there's, I got right. no way of fact checking it or right, anything. Right, right. But I do believe him, 
And I believe that his sincerity in his phone call and, uh, and, and he works in a very high capacity and, and he was tasked with protecting a, a political elite. And they said, Hey, stop the guy. He said, this is a politician. You know, he said, Eric, I'm telling you, I can't tell you the politician's name, but you know him. And I said, okay. And he says, we pulled over. He told me we're in an armored vehicle. He said, give that guy this money and he's going to give you something. And he's like, I was like, all right, I get out. I hand the guy the money and the guy puts a bag of crystal meth in my hand. I get back into the armored car and the dude takes the crystal meth and the politician takes the meth from me. Like it's nothing. He's like, what do I do? He's like, I can't fucking do this. He's like, I can't tell the cops. Right. And I was like, I I can't say your name. I can't say the politician's name. What can I do? But these, these, you, these ruling elites. Right. They, they want to they make us yeah they can't but be touched in the story in, and now you've got boston, this thing going on in boston then you know the again the person that gets the headline is the the, the prostitute unquote, the prostitute right. and i'm like but so those journalists they know right you're about to give me on soapbox those j- journalism's dead there's no real journalism no. right you remember uh back in in our day we were generally right, right, the same right. age you're probably like 35 <laughs> you're younger than me no, no, i'm not. kidding i know but i'm just being a nice guy all right let me be nice uh, <laughs> and i was a journalism she, major she's, she's 36 in- <laughs> she's 36 uh no we remember april o'neill right. with the ninja turtles we were all fascinated with uh-huh. april o'neill you know she was wanting to find the ooze right. and the, you know she was and the chief the was always mad at her story. you're gonna make me look bad april you're gonna make me look bad you know they were telling us in the movies back then in the 80s that the chief didn't want the media personnel to make them look bad because they didn't want the mayor to look bad. Right. And now it's come to fruition. These journalists are just tools of the city mayor, the city manager, and the chief. So the journalists, which is not real anymore, they're only promoting the story as it fits the city manager and makes the chief look good, which is putting all the weight on the prostitution. They know they have to cover the story, right? but they can't make the mayor look bad because whatever politician was buying that is probably endorsing Right. The mayor, the city well, governor. they're criminalizing the wrong thing. It's like. Well, 100%. You, right. But the journalist right. should be, should if you're a real journalist, if you weren't a product right. or a tool of the right. ruling elite, if you want to call them that. Right. A real journalist would have said, no, this story's a lot deeper. Let's run this article. I guarantee you, mm-hmm. you in college wanted to be a journalist. Right. At that time, you would have been smart enough to be like, this isn't prostitution. Right. This is something else. And these guys are pieces of shit. Because you probably a little feminist in college. You probably had like a little bit of that. Women. You know what I'm saying? Right. You probably were pro the woman in this case. Right. And you would have been, you writing that story from a different perspective or a different lens. We're not seeing that now. What we're seeing is weaponized media. That's why podcasts are successful. And, and, and people are fleeing to podcasts yeah. that we can have open conversations. You know, but I don't, I, I think the general public but knows that it's not on the prostitute. We know that in 2023. I hope so. I think we but do. I feel like, I mean, I had so many people go, you know, gosh, prostitution is still happening. And what do you guys, I'm well, like, how many people want to legalize it? That's well, a scary thing too. I guess we can talk whole, about that too. That's, yeah. that's my, subject. which is really scary uh-huh. too. Well, because I've had so many conversations with people. What's your who opinion are, on it really quick? I, I are you legalize it or no. exactly? I, yeah. I, there has to, I think you decriminalize prostitution, but you have to increase the penalties for traffickers and buyers I, because Fair. I think we, what we have end up with is girls who are afraid to exit their trafficking situation because they know that they've got a prostitution charge against them. Even though nobody right. asked, honey, is somebody making you do this? Oh, I'm sorry. He's got your kid. 
that <laughs> and says you can't come home and right. you have 800 bucks. Yeah, yeah. that mom is going to go out there and do everything she can. But that means there's forced fraud and coercion. Right. And nobody is taking the time to ask. And so I think you have to decrease the penalties for those that are being exploited. Right. And I think you have to increase. The but that's not price. fair. Right. Well, you know what happened in Texas? No. They made buying sex a first time felony. And all of a sudden, demand reduction or uh, demand decreased mm -hmm. because people go, oh, gosh, well, there's actually a penalty if I do that. Right. But you don't have penalties for traffickers and buyers. I mean, the reason yeah, everybody talks about the border. Oh, my gosh. All the people coming up here and all, all the things right. trafficking. Guess what? U.S. is number three in the world. Number three in the world for purchasing sex. There wouldn't be a demand if there or a supply if there wasn't a right, demand. Right. And so we're not going to see anything done. What's in number one? Countries. China, Japan? Uh, no, it was, I would guess it's Asian. Does that make me racist? It, it, no, it was one of the South. It was. Um, I want to say Thailand was in there. So that's Asian, right? Is yeah, Thailand Asian? It is. Yeah. Um, but then there was another one. They didn't rank them in one, okay. two, three. They just maybe said like, these are the maybe top. Maybe like Colombia? Uh, Mexico? Maybe Mexico. Mexico sounds right. That sounds right. I don't know why it matters. I was just, yeah. that's my ADHD brain that just, that's just. But goes. I mean, I think there's so much of, we have a little <clears> bit of this mindset of like, oh, it doesn't happen here. Like we are so good and we are so. We're pure. in Albemarle. And we. You would know, you look outside. This right. town is beautiful. There's right. no way, but like. Obviously, a horrific event, which we're about to jump into in just yes. a minute here, uh, happened and was sold right here in Albemarle. That's why we're all here. So this small, quaint, quiet, beautiful town. Right. The landscape here is amazing. You know, it's happening here. Right. It's happening everywhere. It can happen absolutely everywhere. Well, and it does. I mean, I think the difference is it's a matter of whether or not it's being seen. It's oftentimes getting written off as child sexual abuse, as incest, as you know, which is terrible. rape or of she just had a skeezy boyfriend who was making her have sex with his friends. So all of these other things are um, the way it's being pulled through and people go, no, 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 it's, it's happening in rural communities. It's happening in major, major metroplex. It's happening everywhere. It's just a matter of, do we see it? So how can we find you? Safehouseproject.org. Say one more time, slow. Safehouseproject.org. There you go, safehouseproject.org. Yep. Is there like, they're probably not an Instagram or Facebook. Yep. Is it? Oh, there is. Yep. Oh, there what is. is it? What is it? It's the handles at, at Safe House Project. At, at Safe House Project. Mm -hmm. yep. Very good. Guys, listen, if you're if you're a street cop or you're a citizen listening to this thing, you know, this stuff is around. It, we always say, see something. I don't say say something. I say do something. Do something. See something, do something. You've got, like, listen, there's there's tools out there. Use the tools. We're about to bring up a man right now. Thank you, Christy. Of course. So much. Thank you're you incredible. Thank you for everything you've done. Tell your husband, thank you for my service. Uh, and I'm kidding. Thank you for his service. And uh, the guy that brought this whole thing together, uh, we're part part two of this whole human trafficking Albemarle police collaboration here. The man, the myth. I'm not even going to use his last name. Yeah, this might be on his shirt. We'll block it out. We won't block it. I don't have that technology, but... George, thanks for having us. Yes, thanks, thanks for hosting me. this, man. Listen, uh, <laughs> you're an interesting guy. You're an interesting guy. I talked to you on the phone a little bit. Move right. closer to that mic when you talk because we'll not hear you. But uh, talk to you on the phone, right? Not, listen, I hear from, a geez, 100 cops a week, at least. I don't know. Maybe it's God, right? You, right. you got a, you got a boring voice on the phone. It's not a great, it's not a great phone voice. It's normal. It's average. Average phone voice. And, um, you know, all of a sudden you like start bringing these things on me, you start texting me, but everything that you did drew me in. 
Like, what is this? Why am I being pulled in so many directions? And then I'm going to this lunch. I would never have done this. Listen, a police chief invites me to lunch. I'm saying no, almost 99% of the time. I find myself driving uh, damn near three hours to get right. here. Yeah. And I find myself, and maybe one of the, listen, this has to be God because you said you're a man of faith, right? Right. Listen, this wouldn't happen, dude. I'm telling you right now, this isn't my cup of tea. <laughs> this isn't my cup of tea. Drive halfway across the state mm -hmm. to meet with some dude uh, who, who who appears on paper kind of be a company man. You 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 know uh, you've listened to my show. Oh, yeah. I'm not so much a company man, right? I'm not. I don't like the social media cloud in in, in law enforcement. But I come here, man, and I am humbled. I am brought to my knees at what you guys have done in this little place I'd never heard of, Albemarle. I thought that was something that you got out of the ocean. Yeah, a lot of people come, you know, they think about Albemarle Sound. That's the first thing. They don't realize there's a town of Albemarle in between Greensboro and Charlotte. So what brought us all here? What brought all of this on us? I know you can't talk about it in detail, but you can smudge the uh, facts of the case to just tell the story, to get the basically why we're here i know why we're here obviously right. but like tell it a story that the, the view because I, I know this is an ongoing case and things but to give us like some kind of like a theoretical so situation that's similar as you guys were talking about you know to have a chief that's willing to stand up and go against the norm is unusual yeah and so our chiefs saw some things that he thought maybe wasn't right and demanded that they be looked into further um and by him being bold enough to do that, all this came about. So, you know, I've always said that kids don't run to something, they're running from something. You just got to figure out what they're running from. And so we had some runaways, um, two in particular, and they were habitual runaways. Well, clearly there's more to this story than right. kids just running away. So we started peeling that onion. We started looking through the layers, trying to figure out what was going on. You know, why is this kid constantly running away? Um, it's not like they're running into a great situation. So why would a kid be running into a bad situation? Right. If what they're running from is already terrible. Right. It's like if you're running to the shark, there must be a crocodile. Exactly. So that's what we have to figure out. And all the people you've talked to, were players and individuals in these cases that helped us help these children. At the end of the day, it's not about a runaway. It's not about me or you or anyone else. It's about helping that child. Yeah. Like, let's figure out how to get this kid what they need, and let's figure out what they're running from so we can start fixing these broken pieces. Right. And what you found that they were running from was horrific. Right. And so through all the connections that you've talked to already today – we were able to get these children out of these horrible situations and in the safe houses so they can start healing. And at the end of the day, that's the most important thing is taking care of our children. Yeah. You've taught how much, how much your children mean to you and I know yes. how much my children mean to me. And so we have all these lost children in the world, even in Albemarle, you know, people would think, Oh, you wouldn't have these trafficking situations where these girls are being taken to other cities and worked out of hotels. But it's true. People don't want to believe it's true. Right. But you have to be willing to think outside the box and say, okay, what's going on here? It's not about just picking this kid up and taking them back home. What's going on? Why are they doing what? What is the basis of why they're doing what they're doing? Right. So we were lucky enough to have all these individuals come together and a chief that was willing to stand behind us while we work these cases and figure out these kids are getting, they're getting pimped out. They're getting worked and things like that. 
So through an incredible team of coworkers and captains and sergeants and chiefs and stuff. God, you better never write a book. You, you, you can't, you can't write a book. Listen, this guy is incredible, right? Like I know you humble beyond all get out to a fault at this point. You're humble to a fault. You, you, it's incredible that you're giving all these other people accolades over something that you kind of created. Like this was your storm that you created that you solved. And I, I love it. I hate it. But like, let's, I, the, the real story here is it like, you, you kind of saved the day, brother. Like I get it, there was a team around it, but like, listen, you. This, this can I can I boast on you for just a second? I know you're feeling really weird about it, but like, I got it. You just took me on a tour for the badges and boxes. Right. It's a warehouse, two stories, with pallets. Listen, home, pallets. Like, go back to the back of Food Lion, peel those doors open, and pallets of, of food. Right, box food, pallets of food in this place. A little tiny desk. It says sign in here or something like that to that effect. And then downstairs is a a, a, a Goodwill-esque ro- rows of clothes hung up by size and color, age. And you put this together. I said, what is all this? And you said, well, I got the city to donate this warehouse. It was an old city building. They're not using it. I got with, you know, organizations to donate pallets. They started donating pallets. And now all of our officers in Albemarle can come in here and take whatever a family needs. What? This is insane. Like, it should be national news. Well, so getting back to the whole point of, you know, kids run from something. Well, you were a cop. You know, when you go on a call, most people don't wake up in the morning going, I want to argue with my spouse or I want to yell at my kids and kids don't wake up going, you know, I want to be that kid at school who gets in trouble. There's something else going on. Mm. So the whole goal of badges and boxes is this. When our officers go on a call and they see that families have empty cupboards or the kids are wearing the same three outfits to school and that's why they're getting picked on. So now they don't want to go to school and you're dealing with the truancy issue. Okay. We can't fix everything. But you know what? We can help them where they're at and we can help them in that moment. So the whole point of badges and boxes is our officers can go back and they can make a box of clothes. They can get a box of whatever that family needs throughout the warehouse and take it to them. They're building a bridge with with the community and the people we serve. It's so simple, yet so complex and so incredible. This would never happen in a big city. Like it's the right thing to do. It's the solution to a million problems. You'll never see this. At a big agency, all that effort that you did for that would be put into some kind of fancy truck that has, you know, like a pride stuff on it or, or some kind of ridiculous uh, social agenda behind it. But what you guys are doing are changing lives. It's crazy that you have a chief. Again, huge kudos to the chief of this place. One for even allowing a podcast to be in here, especially a podcast like Failure to Stop, where, where you know, we say whatever, you know, a street cop wants to hear. Uh I walked in there. I, I, I was here with you earlier and, and a female came by and she said, um, Hey, I got a guy that lost his job and um, he's been out of work for two months and we're working with him on this and that. And uh, we realized he doesn't have his kids. His kids have gained weight because of some medication and she needs some new clothes. So I want to help him out with some clothes. And he said, yeah, where can I meet you? I'll drive up here. And the guy's two hours away. And she says, well, you were like, why? Well, he's, he's lost his job. He can't drive with the gas. So you guys were coordinating on how to go to your facility, this warehouse over here, and take this guy. Like, you even went to say, is like, no, they can't even afford gas. You were telling me earlier, this was great. I love this story. You, you said that oftentimes you get a donation of cake, cake mixes, and you've told your officers, hey, don't grab the cake mix without grabbing the eggs. 
and the sugar because these people don't have the means to make a cake from the cake mix. I mean, how selfless you have to be a real selfless servant. That's some deep thinking connection. Most dudes like me, hard-headed, running and gunning guy. I'm like, oh, fucking, let's give him some brownies. That'd be rad. I wouldn't think to go as far as I'm not that big of a critical thinker. You've got a you've got a brain for selfless service. I mean, I can't think of another definition of selfless service than what you got going on here. This is insane to me. Well, you don't find guys like you. You know, part of it is, or your we, chief. We want to give, you know, like when we give those boxes and you're talking about the cake mix. Well, I've actually had someone tell me, well, why are you giving them dessert? Isn't, why are they not allowed to have it? Just because they're in need doesn't mean they can't cook with their kids. So like for me, you know, in, in our profession, you remember fitness and you, yeah. you need a stress, stress relief, right? right. Well, my stress relief is cooking. I love to cook. Okay. So I enjoy turning my music up my wife and my kids getting in there cooking with me. That's how mm. I get rid of all the crap this job piles on me. Well, I thought about it. I said, okay, so if I'm going to give them a cake mix, what are they going to do? Look at the cake mix with their kids and go, look, we could have <laughs> had, had cake tonight. We could have had it, but we don't have the eggs and the oil and everything else. So when we started thinking about it, we got to make sure they can do it all because they deserve to have dessert too. They should be able to turn the music up at home. Mm and have fun however you know they may not have much but fun is free right and have fun with your kids you know you may not be able to give them the world but you can at least make a cake with them oh, God, and something as small as that can brighten their whole day and change that kid's demeanor it can change their parents demeanor and yeah it might be for a day but it's more than what they started with mm. and it's a building block for the future for everyone involved in it have you got this into any other agencies or any departments has anybody even heard like anybody ever talked to you about it not really um we allow any agency in this area that wants to come and get stuff we have right. nonprofits from other areas <laughs> to come in we have school teachers from stanley county we have school teachers from other counties come in here and the whole premises of it is we want to help them to better be able to better serve others yeah you know if i can help you do your job better great let me do that yeah we also allow nonprofits to come in because the thinking is okay if we can supply you with what you need, you can use that money that you would have been buying these supplies with to better serve the people that we serve too. Um, another thing one of our officers here brought up, they were talking about how frustrated they were. Families would go to get food and then officers, when they'd go on the call, be like, hey, why don't you go to the food pantry? We've already got our quota for the six months. <laughs> and they're like, what? Yeah, we're only allowed to get so much. And the officers are looking and the officers are frustrated because you know we get in this because we care. You know, sure. Well, obviously you do. Listen, I, I bring it up because in 2023, all I see are dancing TikTok cops. Everybody wants to go viral, right? Uh, people are cold the media to, and hey, we're having a snowball fight. Come and video it. They, they, these these departments are thirsty for clout. They want it. No matter if it's to the detriment of the victims or anything, they want everything in the news. I had to drag you onto this podcast. Right, you're letting all these other people go first. When you're the star of the show, I finally get you dragged up here. It's it's incredible the the this the selfless service. And I, I get it. Like the street cops, listen, I, the Albemarle street cops. I would get jealous, right? Street cops would be like, "Oh man, they just took some cute." No, he didn't want it. If you spend more time, like if we learn from this, if we learn from Albemarle, uh, but even on a simple street cop list, and if you spend more time doing the right things for the right reasons, you can project real change george didn't bitch about 
street cops not empathizing with people of domestics and then go and preach to them in a training facility that you got to do better. You got to be better at empathizing with domestics. It's not always about, you know, he didn't preach at them. George didn't uh, sit back and say, man, these kids are getting trafficked. There's nothing we can do. I'm guilty of all these things, by the way. I'm not calling. The, I, listen, this is the cat calling the kettle black here. I, I'm all of these. I'm all the, the negative things I'm talking about here. But this is a great example of saying, I'm not going to preach at these cops on how to do domestic violence. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give them away to help. Right. When you're a street cop in Albemarle and you know that one of the tools you have in the back of your proverbial truck here is a warehouse, a warehouse full of shampoo, deodorant, razors, uh, there were cake mixes, there were blankets, pillows, hand sanitizer. I saw uh, uh, boxes of food, like uh, ready-made uh, Lunchables. Right. Um, I mean, just you name it. They got clothes, shoes. Everything is in this thing. When you have something like that, it, it, he said $3 million have come through this little tiny warehouse in Albemarle, North Carolina. When you're a cop and you know that tool's in the back of your car, it's, you're motivated to help at that point because why wouldn't you? Well, not only is it life-changing for the people we help, but it also changes our officers. Yeah, know, exactly. Because, and you've talked about this on your show before, the disconnect sometimes, especially with the new generation of officers, because, you know, We've talked about it before. Some of these newer officers, their biggest question is, do I need a $500 truck payment or $800 truck payment? It's harder mm -hmm. than to empathize with people who have to choose between, do I keep my lights on or do I pay my food bill? Or do I send my kids with lunch money? When you're 21 years old and you're still living at home and you're just worried about your truck payment, you can't empathize with right. people you're meeting on the streets. But what you can do, you still see the need like we do. So, Go make them that box and come back and hand them that box. And make well, you just connection. making the box teaches you, right? Because when I was in your thing and you're like, obviously you're very passionate about your project here, but you were like, yeah, we have these, these shampoos and then they combine with the conditioner and the lotion. This is like a $20 package, but you put this together, they can wash their hair. They can, like these are all these things that you don't think of, right? I, I have five kids, you know, uh, you know, we do pretty well for ourselves at, the, at our house. I forget. That people can't shampoo and condition their kids' hair. You forget, you lose reality. But when you go into a warehouse like that, that I just went into, so that cop is going in there and he's making that box he instantly. At least that's how I felt. Was like, yo, I'm missing it. You're talking about affording hams. Right. There's fucking people out there that can't afford ham for Christmas. I, you don't even think about this shit. You don't even think that they can't have eggs to make cake. The whole thing is incredible. I encourage uh, anybody to reach out. It's badges and boxes right. on Facebook. Yep. You can reach out to Joe. Listen, he's very approachable. I, I've been texting this guy back and forth for, for a couple months now. We have a He has a, a, a massive event this weekend. We're going to get this out hopefully this evening. So if you're in Albemarle, North Carolina, if you're in Charlotte, Boone, Durham, Greensboro. Um, this is a, is a very short drive. Even Raleigh, it's only two and a half hours. Saturday, all day. What do you got going on on Saturday? So, man, it, it's going to be incredible. Um, we got bands coming out for free. You can come and listen to some great music. We're going to have a cornhole tournament. Um, we have some volunteers coming out to run the cornhole tournament. I will tell people this. This is not a professional tournament, okay? <laughs> I don't want to hear that, you know, the boards aren't perfectly level. This is for fun. This is yeah. for you to bring your kids out, your family out. And it is geared toward veterans and law enforcement. You know, we feel so uncomfortable sometimes going certain places. And the atmosphere here is, you know, not only is it 
for law enforcement. It's for the veterans. It's open to the public too, but it's really geared toward. Yeah, yeah, celebrating. Right. It's Veterans Day weekend, so right, exactly. yeah, like you, you, we got the on brand. W post coming out, helping us out. We're going to split whatever we make with them. Um, we got Vinny Montez coming in. He's Incredible. In. Yeah, and shout out to him, man. I sent this. Let me tell this story. I sent okay. a blind email. Just go closer to the mic. I sent this blind email. Okay. Literally, I just prayed, sent this email, <laughs> and I said, this is never going to work. And my wife laughed. What? At me. She's like, good luck. So a couple months go by, and all of a sudden my phone rings, and I I don't ever answer calls sure. I don't know. But I looked at the area code, and I was like, what? Hello? Hey, what's up? It's Vinny. Wait a minute, Vinny who? <laughs> He's like, you sent me an email. And I'm like, no way, man. Yo, what? This is not happening right now. He's like, yeah, he said, I, I got it. I researched what you sent me and I saw your program. He said, I'm in, man. Wow. I was like, are you for real? Vinny Montez is coming out here. And he's yeah. like, we got you, man. Well, then he calls me back and he said, look, he said, I want to help this program. I want to help this program grow and get the awareness out. He said, we're going to do another day. I said, are you sure, Vinny? Because one, my wife's going to kill me if I take on much more. Yeah. But, you know, you're doing this for free out of the kindness of your heart, man. You're right. helping me. I, I don't want to put any more else on he's like no 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 he said we're doing another one and then i got up with you and i said look i can't think of a better pairing Dude, it was insane i can't believe you called me it's cool and i said because you know you're branching out doing your comedy and yeah all that stuff and i was like man this would be a perfect fit yeah and here's the other part Char you know we're in albemarle between greensboro and charlotte your distilleries in clayton yeah and in raleigh we can get like 80% of the state population <laughs> in two different shows, man. Let's make this happen. And so here we are getting ready to roll into this weekend with two incredible shows. You know, where else can you go and hear comedy by cops for cops? Right. Because, you know, we go to comedy shows and you hear people, you know, just dogging on us, dogging what we do. One, you don't want to give them your money. You don't want to right. support people who don't support you. And you don't want to hear about how horrible they think we are because they don't understand what we do. Like, no one understands what we do, but our families and us. So to hear cops who are comedians that are, you know, that's something to look forward to. Yeah. By us, for us, and they're not going to bash us the whole time. Right, right. You know, so right. like it's a win-win all the way. I, unless you're a state trooper. I got a lot of state trooper jokes. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh. I got more Marine jokes than I have state trooper jokes, but it's well, Veterans Day weekend. So I have to we're not near out. Lejeune, so you're safe. I'm safe. Man, yeah. listen, this has been a pleasure. Uh, thank you for for hosting the dinner last night, yeah, for hosting man. this podcast. Kudos to your chief. What a humble guy, the fact that he wouldn't even come on the show. You know, there's something about it. When a guy doesn't want, it's always the ones that don't want the clout that deserve the clout. And it's the ones that are seeking the clout that get it and right. don't deserve it. And uh, man, if there's anything that we can do, I'm sold. I'm a hundred percent in on whatever it is that you want to do. I'll run ads for free for life. Um, you know, we got your back. This is a hundred percent you, you've done an amazing job. And I don't know if anybody's, I know you don't want to hear it, but dude, you've changed my life. Uh, you've changed the way I think about things. And, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very glad I, that, uh, the Lord led me to come, to come meet you because it's, it's refreshed my, you know, I, I've been, I've gotten to the point where I hate the company man so much that I forget that not everybody that makes it to the company is the company man, you know, and you're, you're, you're living light. Your chief is living, uh, living proof of that. And I don't know if you guys are having recruiting issues 
but I think this everybody is the, in the country. This is, right is the now. town to come be a cop. This obviously it's probably got its issues. Listen, the biggest issue yeah they have at this department is what they want to do with all the pictures of all the retired cops, which is hilarious to me because I can think of a million other cop agencies that would want that problem. So if I'm going to be a cop ever again, it would be in Albemarle, North Carolina, George. Dude, thank yeah, you so much. Out. I can't wait to see you this weekend. Yeah, and awesome. um, yeah, everything that you're doing is awesome, guys. Until next time, y'all, guns up. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Badges and boxes on the Facebooks. Yes. No Facebook. Instagrams yet. Not yet, not yet. Okay, not yet. badges and boxes. I'm going to share it up on the new FTS underscore Wolfpack private page and the uh, Failure Stop regular page so you guys will be able to find it and to go and give them a follow and like, donate, if you will, um, or or just try to be a part of the problem. Try to create it in your own city. Get a hold of George. He'll, he'll let you know the steps that he took yeah. and, um, and, and make this a thing because uh, it's really special. It really, I'm, I'm, from the bottom of my heart, it's special. Until next time, guys, guns up. Giddy up.